This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 4th of August in your Squiz today. The Greens back labour on emissions targets. Nancy Pelosi visits Taiwan. COVID vaccines for vulnerable young children. And exactly what makes a pillow nice. This is your Squiz today. Starting with politics this morning, Claire, the Greens have committed to supporting the Albanese government's 43% emissions reduction target. With those numbers, it should have a clear path to becoming law. Now, action on energy and climate change is a fraught topic in Australian politics. We won't labour over it this morning, but give us a bit of the context from the last few years so we can see how we got here. Yep, we can gallop through that. Uh, (laughs) Look, just to the recent times, I guess, the landmark Paris Climate Agreement uh, was in 2015 and that's when Australia, uh, with Tony Abbott as our Prime Minister, signed up to a short-term 2030 emissions reduction target of 26 to 28%. That was the target that Scott Morrison, when he was Prime Minister last year, took to that big COP26 conference in Glasgow. He a lot of flack over that. Those involved with that conference really wanted to see Australia up its short-term emissions reduction target, but he held firm on that. Uh, and then we got into the electoral cycle, of course, with the election in May. Labor campaigned on that 43% reduction target. Uh, meanwhile, the Greens advocated for a 75% reduction target. Um, Labor, of course, prevailed. And what our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, has been doing in recent weeks is negotiating with the Greens to try and get them to support that target uh, of Labor's 43% uh, and legislate for it. Now, technically, Labor doesn't need this target to be legislated. It doesn't have to go through Parliament. Why are they taking this route? Yeah, so the Albanese government has already written to the United Nations and made them aware of our new short-term reductions targets. So that's already happened, but you're right. It doesn't have to go through the Parliament for it to happen. Uh, The reason why Labor wants it to be put into legislation is for a couple of reasons. One is that it gives investors and it gives businesses some certainty about the government's commitment to that. Uh, Of course, if they're going to change it, it takes quite a bit to do rather than just doing it on a whim. So, of course, business operates on certainty and that's what they say the sector needs. Uh, The second bit really comes back to politics. Uh, What Anthony Albanese said yesterday is that it's a way for the whole parliament to be on the right side of history. And of course, he didn't miss the opportunity to give the coalition a bit of a dig. Yeah, he said it's an opportunity to end the climate wars if the coalition decide to break their rhetoric and actually come to the table. For the record, they don't plan to. The Liberal and National Party say they will vote against the legislation. They're putting nuclear power on the agenda, a potential shortcut topic there, perhaps, Claire. Oh, I'll write that down. Thanks for the tip. (laughs) 
In international news, Nancy Pelosi has visited Taiwan. There's been a lot of speculation over whether she would and what China's reaction would be. She's the most senior US politician to visit in decades, Claire, and it is getting a whole lot of attention. And the reason for that is because, of course, things are very fraught between the United States and China. Uh, Taiwan is in focus because it sees itself as a democratic and an independent state. Meanwhile, China sees it as a breakaway territory. And Xi Jinping, the president of China, has talked about reunifying that territory uh, back to China, even if it means doing it by force. Uh, That has seen democratic nations like the United States and Australia and plenty of others uh, talk about standing beside Taiwan. But whether that means we would actually go and support it if China did try and take it by force is a whole other thing. Uh, So Nancy Pelosi going there really does escalate it as an issue and it's seen the tensions climb sky high. It was a quick trip, but experts say there are going to be lingering consequences from the visit. Back home and dipping into politics again for a second to cover off a few developments in New South Wales state politics. First off, Stuart Ayres has resigned from his cabinet position and deputy leadership over concerns he breached the ministerial code of conduct. This all has to do with the appointment of former Deputy Premier John Barillaro to that plum New York trade envoy position. Look, if you're in New South Wales or I guess anywhere else in Australia, you might not necessarily know who these blokes are, but they're both very senior people when it comes to politics in New South Wales. Um, Stuart Ayres, until yesterday, was the deputy leader of the Liberal Party and John Barillaro was the leader of the National Party until he quit politics altogether last year. Uh, Long story short, it has to do with Barillaro being appointed to a trade envoy role in New York it was a position paying about $500,000. And what they're probing at the moment is whether Stuart Ayres, as until yesterday, the Trade Minister, uh, had a role in getting him that job. What Ayres said is that it was a process that was run at arm's length, but some new evidence points to the contrary. There's an ongoing parliamentary inquiry into all of it. Also in New South Wales state politics, small business minister Eleni Petinos was sacked over bullying allegations earlier this week. So there's been a fair bit going on. To COVID news, vulnerable children aged between six months and five years old will be able to receive the Moderna vaccine starting next month. That follows official approval from ATAGI. It's about 70,000 kids, Claire, that will be eligible. Yeah, and it's not all kids. It's kids with health conditions. And that high risk rating is something that they really want to make sure that kids are protected uh, from COVID. So the first jabs will start rolling out. It makes Australia one of the first countries countries in the world to expand vaccine eligibility to kids under five years old. It's something that's come from an approval from those official vaccine experts at ATAGI. As to wider COVID news, Health Minister Mark Butler said yesterday that he's hopeful we've passed the peak of the winter COVID wave. That comes after last month was confirmed to be the deadliest of the pandemic. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. 
wrapping up the news today, Claire, there is a hotel motel chain in the US that claims to have the world's nicest pillows, but not in a perfectly soft or firm or luxurious way. They're nice in that they'll give you compliments. <laughs> so these Not about it. <laughs> it's a talking pillow. Uh, mm. These pillows are voiced by Seinfeld actor Patrick Warburton. Uh, if you're a Seinfeld fan, you will know that that's Elaine's on and off boyfriend putty. Um, what he says very smoothly are things like, whoa, those are some awesome PJs. <laughs> kind of creepy. I'm not quite sure who will find it endearing. Uh, I have very strong views about pillows, which I'll take you through at some (laughs) other time, Larissa. I won't bore you with that now, but it's very specific. Uh, But yeah, pillows, talking pillows, it's quite a thing. I'm pretty sure one of your criteria is that they're silent because that's how most people would (laughs) like their pillows to be. (laughs) Apparently, they're all about brightening someone's day. Hey, he, they, the voice will also say things like, have I told you your hair smells fabulous? I think that's definitely on the creepy end of the compliment spectrum. But uh, you know what? It's got us talking about them. Squeeze the day, Claire. What are you taking note of today? Uh, talking about other things that I'm really specific and a bit obsessed about. Um, Prince, I haven't gone on about Prince for a while. It's the anniversary of his Purple Rain album uh, going to number one and it stayed there for 24 weeks. That was back in 1984. That's one of your number one albums of all time, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I'll just leave it there, otherwise you won't stop me. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm going with something also pretty fabulous, and that is the anniversary of the invention of champagne by Dom Perignon back in 1693. Thank you very much for that, sir. Might have to have a listen to Purple Rain with some champagne a bit later today. That is a pretty perfect combo, if you ask me. Before we go, if you are wanting the latest on the Commonwealth Games, make sure you jump over to the Sport Today podcast. I actually made my debut on there yesterday, but it is back in the capable hands of Sam and Lucy today, and they will take you through all the latest. Lots and lots of medals going on. That's all from us today. Have a good Thursday, and we will be back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.